Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. This is Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Ntuli. We are speaking right now about a social issue, and that is the reopening of the schools. And we are going to be having the president of NAPTOSA, which is the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa, Mr. Basil Manuel. Remember that you can get in touch with us on the show by calling us on 891 207 You can also WhatsApp us on 0614104107 or you can SMS on 41391 on social media platforms at SAFM Radio at Patricia N. Ntuli. A warm welcome to you, Basil. Thank you for joining us once again. Patricia, pleasure to be with you. Good evening. So we spoke last week and uh, opened up a can of worms. And lo and behold, yesterday I hear an update from the Minister of Basic Education saying that, well, you know, what, it's not all great R's who need to go back to school, but for the schools that are ready. And all of a sudden, schools open today being a Monday and others are at school, others are not at school. And I was just confused by the statement of if the school is ready. Basil, where are we? Where are we with the second phase of schools opening? Patricia, you would remember that last week I spoke about our misgivings about the readiness of schools and provinces especially that support schools uh, about opening. And of course, we were advocating for a later opening for the second cohort. And in fact, we had proposed the first of uh, the first week of, of August. That was not to be. However, our research that, that Naposa did together with the other four teacher unions did carry sway because the minister was, was swayed and her mind was changed. And so the full cohort didn't come back. We've, we only see two extra grades coming back. But even so, uh, this has not been plain sailing and neither has it been a great day. And of course, as you so correctly say, uh, some uh, provinces have made grade R's return some haven't. The Eastern Cape, in fact, has made nobody uh, additional to the two grades that were originally there come back. So we're having very different things in all the provinces happening at the moment. Basil, now I want you to please explain to us what is the readiness? What does readiness mean? Because last week when we spoke to you, we we understood that you you conducted as Naptosa uh, some sort of research or a survey around the schools in the country and found that majority of the schools were not equipped with the PPE. So what is readiness when it comes to reopening of schools, even if it's in phases for schools? Thank you, Patricia. Readiness simply means the supply of those PPEs, first of all, and not to the teachers because the teachers have them. We are talking about the learners specifically. So it's the masks, it's the sanitizers, it's something as basic as soap, but also something as complicated as water. And, of course, the the ablutions and cleaning material to keep the school clean. We are not talking about sanitizing. We're talking about cleanliness of the school premises because our scientists tell us those are the the bulwarks against the spread of the virus. And remember that children do uh, uh, contract the virus. Children do spread, but they're not hyper-spreaders. Neither are they the, 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 the people that get very ill if they contract the virus. But we've got to look after them because uh, they're home and there are people at home that they have to come into contact with. And of course, there are the teachers as well. 
And uh, insofar as the basics, such as masks, today we found that all provinces were defaulting. But on the big ticket items, like classroom space, for those really over uh, populated schools, and there are a number of them in the country. And then, of course, ablutions, toilets, running water, or water in tanks, for that matter, is, is just inadequate. So we are sitting with a situation where readiness is a questionable issue. Now, let me not be unfair. Let me credit the education department uh, for changing the fortunes of some 3,000 schools since the beginning of this lockdown. And in fact, since uh, 25 years ago, some of these schools have been without water. And the pressure brought to bear on them has made changes. So it's good, but we can't celebrate the fact that there are still 300 to 400 schools that don't have a regular supply of water. Ablution is exactly the same. And this takes me back to uh, a statement I made when we had our discussion last week that this COVID-19 has really made it very clear that there's a huge divide between the haves and the have-nots. And it has made it even clearer to all of us that there is a huge role that still needs to be played, whether it's by business, government or society at large, to bridge this particular gap. I mean, if majority of schools are, are not well-equipped already, what will then happen to those children's education for this year when other children are still able to go back to school and study because their facilities allow them to or they are able to go to school online? And, and this is what we call the opportunity lost because we advocated at the beginning uh, for less of a rush to start school but rather to ensure that schools were ready so that we don't leave anybody behind. And, of course, there were fabricated figures that were given 97% ready, which turned out to be uh, less than truthful. And uh, this is part of the problem. But also, COVID has created for us an opportunity. And I say it shamelessly. We used COVID to pressurize government to deliver on what it hasn't delivered for the most vulnerable over a long period of time. It is an indictment on us as, as a South African society that for 26 years we haven't been able to supply toilets or supply water. And do you know what the tragedy is, Patricia? When they went out to see why all these schools didn't have water, some of them just had pipes stolen. Some of them just had boreholes that dried up and needed to be drilled deeper, things that could be solved within a week. And they weren't solved for 20-odd years. Now, that is an indictment. And on all of us, I'm not only putting it at the door of of government and, and the ministry. I'm saying we as society have not done enough to ensure that the vulnerable are looked after much better. Yes, and it is as highlighted that we leave people behind and that we turn a blind eye. You know, Basil, it's really, really, um, it's really something that we need to address correctly, not with anger and not with uh, uh, pointing fingers, but address by putting some sort of action to it so that our society doesn't 
continue to have more divide in it. I know I've got some calls coming in and uh, our producer is going to be the one to just filter them through, Basil, so that we'll be able to interact with our listeners. But I see here that uh, we've got a learner, a student, who says that, Hi, Patricia, I'm in grade 12. I am so nervous because tomorrow I'm going back to school. They are saying that they are ready and they have this new system called the booth. Can you please ask Basil about the booth and how it works? And this is from Anonymous, who's a grade 12 student. Did you say the booth? Booth, yes. Um, it must be one of these spray booths I'm sure she's talking about. That has been ruled out by our scientists as saying, people, this is in fact probably more dangerous than anything else because there, there, there's no direct, uh, there's no direction of the spray. And so you are inhaling it, etc. And of course, these sprays that we put on our hands and so on, are not for inhalation. So, uh, and, and there's a lot of literature out of that. In fact, Professor Mahdi was speaking just now the other day about this. And uh, so I'm concerned that this is seen as a new innovation. It can't be. We want our children to be safe. And the safety issues are actually the simple issues. And that is why there's a certain level of irritation among the unions with uh, the provincial departments for not getting their act together. Uh, Monies are being wasted on useless things. And instead of attending to something as simple as soap and water and a mask. Seems that we've... Okay, Basil is still there. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Basil, I'd like us to take a call and uh, then see if we can be able to address even some of the WhatsApps. Remember at home, you can call us on 011-714-4045, alternatively 891 You can also WhatsApp on 0614-104-107 and uh, SMS, it's 41391. SMSs are charged at 150. On the line, I've got Jay in Durban. Jay, good evening. How are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you, and good evening to you and our guest. Yes, uh, our guest has made some very, very valid points, uh, which uh, we've been discussing among ourselves, uh, the family, uh, you know, telephonically and so forth. It's gone 26 years, and the COVID, uh, corona uh, situation has given everyone a chance it's gone more than 100 days. By now, the schools should have been all set and ready if they really want to be serious about education. But my take is here. Do you want a certificate of merit for your child or do you want a death certificate? Mm. Which is it? And I've seen many, many schools, there is such a lack of Space, even there's not enough space for children to walk about, even on the playground. And for admiration purpose, it was so disgusting in the area that I live. And their children are just about 60 in a class. So how is the government, the state, the education department is going to provide for the years to come? Even they went to the board 10 years ago to see what the population uh, situation was ex- escalating with young school girls having babies at early stages and the government and the state and the rest of the politicians haven't prepared themselves for the coming generation. So we are at a situation, I don't think coming 2022, it's going to be solved. All these people who have taken high salaries, 
now should be paying back to society. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jay. And, uh, you know, Jay Basil makes a, a, a point that is quite shocking. Do you want a certificate of merit for your child or do you want a certificate, a death certificate for your child? And, this, this you know, there's, there's a lot of um, pros and cons for taking the children back to school. But there's also a lot of fear, especially when you hear people like Jay mentioning that in some of the classes in this in her area, the schools have 80 or 60 children per class. Uh, she also mentions that it's just the facilities are not clean. So how do we then make sure that children go back? Patricia, this is exactly where our problem lies. The cleanliness we've dealt with. Let me talk about the fears of people. Irrespective of whether the anxiety is brought on by real scientific fact, or whether it's been brought on by all the other things we've read. It's still real. And our problem is that this fear and anxiety is not being addressed sufficiently. The communication from the DBE has been abysmal, and we've had the time. But I want to say to to Jay who phoned in, one of the uh, problems was that nobody knew where this thing was going. And so when schools were closed, people locked the the gates and assumed that one day they will just reopen and life would be back to normal. That was the view at that time. So many sat on their laurels and didn't do much thinking about this. And midway through the, the first lockdown period, people started waking up. But it is tragic that uh, there are the views out there. Of course, let me add that the unions, and it's not only Naptoza, the other four teacher unions, including SATU and uh, uh, SAOU, NATU, and PU, we engaged the scientists as well because we needed to be convinced that uh, taking children back to school was not the ultimate risk. And even though they have reassured us, the problem is, the communication remained poor. And as a result, people still sit with the perceptions that this may be a death sentence. And in fact, all scientists are telling us that it is not so. However, to take children back, you must put in place these certain measures, which are those protective measures. And that is what we say. Matoza certainly, and I'm repeating myself from last week, have, hasn't advocated for the summary closure of schools. Rather, we have advocated for being a little more cautious. Like we said, is it the right thing to open uh, for the second cohort now when everything seems to be spiking? Everybody's telling us there is going to be this major spike, and especially in, in, in these areas that are most affected. And here we are sending the, 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 the children back to school. Isn't there greater wisdom in delaying this, even if we have to shuffle the deck and change the holidays? This is what we put there. I'm grateful for the fact that fewer kids have gone back because I think it's just manageable. But Jay's absolutely right. There are schools that are so overcrowded. Uh, what happens in those schools is not teaching. It is crowd control. Thank you. Uh, Basil, let's uh, go to a caller. I've got Anonymous on the line. Anonymous, thank you for holding so patiently. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, Patricia. I'm Tuli. How are you? Excellent, thank a- you. And, and hello to your guests. 
And Hi there. Um, uh, good evening to your guest. I, I just want to say, you know what, I think we should, uh, in my opinion, I said that before and I'm saying it again, as long as we didn't find a proper vaccine, you know, for uh, the, because this virus is so dangerous, you don't know whether it's traveling through your eyes or through your ears because people are taking so, ma- so much precaution, some of them, and they're still getting this COVID-19. And they're surprised how they got it. They don't know how it it came up. So is it not possible for the government to just wait, close the schools for this year, just for this year, and, uh, and um, you know, promote all the children to the next standard and then start from the new year? Uh, yeah, I, uh, know, I, think, I think they should do that and let their children be close to their parents and close to home and they can see what's going on and monitor their children. All right. Let's give Basil an opportunity. Basil, do you think Anonymous's uh, proposal uh, would make sense to close the schools for this year but then promote the kids next year? Patricia, we, we heard it first from prominent people like Professor Jansen. I disagreed with it uh, for educational reasons, but for social reasons as well. And I do believe that we actually don't know where we're going. And similarly, closing schools could mean that we get to next year, February, and we will be in the same situation. Do we then close them for longer? And the reality is that schools serve various purposes. The one is education. The other one is social. And under the social aspect, it's about safety. Where children are definitely safer in a school than roaming out there. Don't think only of your own child. Think about all the children in the country. And what is the picture you see? Then secondly, of course, remember that many of our kids were on the brink of starvation during lockdown, during the hard lockdown. And of course, schools serve that purpose as well. But I want to say that I still believe that the, the year is not over. I do believe that if you look at, at the infection rate of learners, it is not very high. But it's cold comfort if we lose a learner, which, thank heavens, we haven't yet uh, to, to, to uh, COVID-19. But I want to say, let's not lose learning. I've never advocated for saving the academic year. In fact, it's my petty hesitation. I'm saying save learning. Because if we don't let a child in grade one learn to read properly, believe me, the grade two teacher is not attuned to teaching reading. They are attuned to consolidation. And I'm speaking as a former principal of a primary school for 18 years. And I can tell you what wonderful work happens in grade one. And if we don't allow those teachers to actually do that in this remaining time, forget about all these other fancy subjects, reading, writing, and mathematics. That is what we need to consolidate. And believe me, if we don't, a generation will be affected by it. Negatively so, um, Basil, negatively so. I think maybe we we should be actually putting together proposals to suggest to uh, the powers that be uh, things like continue learning but open up, you know, um, free or or Wi-Fi uh, for students and and open up platforms where students will be able to access um, downloadable materials. So because kids in private schools, they don't have these issues that the majority of South Africans have. But let's go to um, voice notes. Patricia coming to the schools opening. My only question is to all the educators outside this. Why is the prisoners well built than our schools and 
Still, they want the schools to open, the parliament is not open, which is having better sanitary than the rest. Good evening, Patricia. Good evening, Basil. It's Felicity in Cloudsdorf. Basil, I'm glad you're optimistic, but I'm not one who praises a fish for swimming. The Department of Basic Education was supposed to get those water tankers there, and they were supposed to fix the toilets, and it was supposed to be done a long time ago. We will not congratulate them for finally doing it now that they are under pressure and it's COVID times. And guys, do you remember around this time, in 2012, there was a problem with the delivery of textbooks. So, ish, the Department of Basic Education is in trouble. But quick question, Basil, isn't there a way that we can follow the American calendar and start our school year the way they start theirs? I don't know how it works. Maybe you could explain if it's doable or not, what would stop us from doing it, or what can, why, why should we be encouraged to do it? Because of time, Basil, I'd like you to please just uh, give us a quick response of just like literally 30 seconds to that question. I want to say we can use any model we want to. Remember, we are the masters of our curriculum. We are the masters of the school calendar, etc. Our problem is that uh, the powers that be are very, very stuck in a rigid way of doing things. And your, your caller is absolutely right. It is an indictment that only now certain things are happening. Basil, thank you so very much for giving us your time once again. I think this is a conversation that will continue to continue. Have a great evening. Always a pleasure. Good night. Let's move on to Zolega Kodashi in the newsroom.